All Buckeyes, all the time. This is your weekly inside look at the Scarlet and Gray. Brought to you by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. This is the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Welcome to the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Jason Priestess, Chris Lauterbeck, Notre Dame and Dallas Cowboys superfan Bodie Wells on the turntable tonight. Can't wait to hear what music he cooks up coming back from breaks all night. Yeah. Big show tonight. Feeling light on his feet. Notre Dame looking good. Cowboys 40 zip. He's he's, he's sporting. He's trying to stay humble on the Notre Dame front. He definitely is. First time you guys have been good in like a decade, man. Let's I hear don't, it. Come on. We've, <laughs> we made the college football playoffs. I'm just looking forward times. to Central what Michigan. Happened? We just have got to find a way to beat Central Michigan Saturday. <laughs> right. and we got to find a way to beat the uh, now Aaron Rodgers-less J-E-T-S on Sunday. I look ahead to that Cowboys game. Cowboys did look good. They looked really good, man. Yeah, Their defense did. is nasty. They murdered man. the Giants. They, yeah, they did play very well Sunday night. Big show tonight. Ryan Day names a definitive starter at quarterback. We're going to scout Western Kentucky's pass-happy offense. The SEC is cooked and so much more, but let's start with that quarterback bit. Ryan Day at his presser today named Kyle McCord Ohio State's starter. McCord started the first two games, but Day made it more formal today. And I think a lot of us saw that coming. Um, He said, you know, even after Saturday's game against Youngstown State, Day said he felt like that was the move, but wanted to watch the film first, and he watched it, and... Told the media today that's what's going to happen. I think it, honestly, I think that was as much as let me talk to Devin Brown first as yeah, it was anything. Yeah, he knew after point. that game. I think our own Dan Hope is the one that asked him that question, and yep. you could tell you know just the way he paused, his body language, like his mind was made up. It yeah. was just you got to go through the right paces. You're not going to tell Dan first. You're going to tell yeah, you know, you're going to tell your team and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, I, I think he knew walking off that field on Saturday, and every fan did too. Um, you know, I don't know that there's anyone out there. The high state fan was like, yeah, let's keep riding the round train. I mean, I like Devin a lot. Good dude. Bright future. But you look at that game accord, 70% completions, three touchdowns. Brown was seven of 13, zero touchdowns. Actually played more snaps in that game. Yeah. Than uh, Kyle McCord did. So this is good, man. Get the starter out there. Get some offensive rhythm ahead of Notre Dame in two weeks or I guess 10 days or 11 days or whatever it is right now. But Western Kentucky this weekend, you got one guy. Um, you know, and they said Brown will still play. He's going to even get some maybe first team reps in practice, but you know, by all accounts, McCord's a dude, right? Yeah. You know, there's anything, any question about it. Like you said, I think when McCord is in there, um, seems like less bad things may happen. Brown even lost a fumble in that game. And one of the drives is only extended because of a late hit. Like you said, more plays, but some of that wasn't necessarily, you know, the offense moving the chains when he was in there on their own. And, and I think just the thing I wanted to see from McCord that we saw a little bit more of, he's still got a ways to go is just looking downfield a little bit more, taking, you know, take it being more comfortable with deeper shots, uh, through two games. Now he's four of eight on passes, uh, 20 yards down the field or more. Or um, with a couple touchdowns because he got the you know got the one to Marvin or two to Marvin right. a thirty nine yarder to me was the nicest one it was kind of in the back of the you know back right end zone a little bit deeper throw maybe the deepest one he's thrown this year for for a score um, so yeah he just felt like he's got a little bit more command of what's going on and just seems like there's less chance that something bad will happen when he's when when he's at the ready for sure and and more reps are going to make him better and we you know, Jose, it's going to need that when they go to South Bend. 
That game, Ohio State won 35-7 to over Youngstown State Saturday. Bucks jumped out to an early lead with Marvin Harrison hauling in a 71-yard touchdown, a little bit of a catch and run there to make it 7 nothing. like 90 seconds in. That was awesome. Um, you know, some analytics on Twitter had him tracked at 22 miles per hour on that catch and run, which yeah. is about, you know, three times faster than I probably would go <laughs> if I'm if I'm catching that and running, to be fair. Youngstown State answered, though, man, immediately, going 75 yards, 11 plays to tie things up at 7. Then they forced an OSU punt. You're like, man, what's going on here? But then the Bucks clamped down. Ohio State scored three straight touchdowns on drives, spanning the end of the first quarter and second quarter, uh, forced, you know, Punts on every single possession after that first for Youngstown State in the first half. Um, you know, pulled away. I, I think most Ohio State fans would like to see a higher score, but you look at some of the stuff Youngstown State was doing, calling calling the snaps at uh, two seconds, one seconds. They were trying to make that, you know, taking the the clock rule and doing what they could to make it as uh, a few possession games. Like, I think Ohio State had three possessions in the second half, yeah, which is insane. Like yeah, it insane. is crazy. He's not like day. Um, it's real, man. I'm it sorry is real. I hate the guy. It's real. I don't hate the guy at all. I just watched Florida State score 66. I watched you know Georgia score 42. I'm seeing other teams score. I doubt that Indiana and Youngstown State are the only two teams not trying to play a little bit of keep away. Um, it's not about hating day at all. It's about just let's move on from that topic. He just got to do what he's got to do. All right, man. I'm you know I'm just tired of hearing about the clock rules. You know, it, like literally every press conference is like he gets asked about it a bunch, but he also unsolicited works it in there like three or four other times. It's like, hey, man, like everybody's playing by the same rules here. Yeah, and to be fair though, a lot of coaches complain about that. They're if you don't think it's more pronounced, then okay. But I, I just feel like it is—it's like nonstop. Like we just need to keep it moving. I, what, the biggest thing I get out of it is that I respect that he wants to make sure a lot of guys get touches. But at some point, it's like your your obligation is to, to win the game with your best guys. And yeah, you don't want guys to transfer and all that kind of stuff. But not every game is going to be like that. Uh, Western Kentucky, I don't think it'll be like that. I think those guys are actually going to try to win. Yeah, they're going to they're going to try to score. I yep. think that I think that'll be a good thing. Where you know Indiana, he's not wrong that Indiana and Youngstown State were milking the clock. I just I just don't think that's an anomaly. Anomaly, you know, just for against Ohio State. No, no, but three possessions is three possessions. Second half, right? I mean, however you cut it. Uh, second half, Denzel Burke recorded the Ohio State's first interception since 2021 for the secondary. <laughs> How amazing, is that's that? like a hard to believe well, for stat. a corner for, for a, a corner. corner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we had some safety picks, but for a corner, first interception since 2021. That's, <laughs> that's nuts. I mean, you, I mean. Those those guys are dogs this year. Going to have a really good season, but if you go a whole year without an interception from your corners, you can't use BIA, right? You got to like pause that. Yeah, little bit. exactly. Yeah, you yeah. think so? But feeling bullish. I mean, Bur- Burke especially. I mean, he's even <sighs> when he's not getting picks. He had that break up in the end zone that was really nice. He he looks really really good. He does. He's ready for the season. He told people he was coming back and, yeah. and had a chip on his shoulder, and he's yeah, showing it so far. Uh, we already touched on the quarterback numbers, but real quick, McCord in the first quarter was seven of eight for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Just a 334 college quarterback rating, which seems pretty good. <laughs> Some other stats. Travion Henderson, 5 for 56. That's 11.2 a carry. He had two touchdowns, a long of 30. Mayan Williams, 6 for 25. Chip Trainum, 6 for 20. Not quite the performance he had in the opener. Uh, Marvin, 7 for 160 and two touchdowns. Omeka, 5 for 94 and one touchdown. Fleming caught a few. Tate, Carnell Tate caught one. Eichenberg with six tackles, three solos, one sack, one TFL. Igben Osen and Burke had PBUs, and of course, Burke had the interception. Jesse Murko, man, three for a 45.3 average. Love seeing that. I know a certain guy up in yeah. Northeast Ohio really loves seeing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, when you get into games that matter, like in two weeks, I mean, you, you want to have confidence in your punter, and Ohio State definitely does in Jesse. Who'd you like that uh, 
Those stat lines, any of those jump out at you? Uh, I thought Harrison. I mean, I, th- I thought Harrison played really good. I, or I'm sorry, Henderson. I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, a lot of folks are abandoning ship on that even last year, and then all of a sudden ship's the, you know, the RB1 on this team. I guess I'm just not buying that. I think between the tackles, Trainum is definitely good. But I think if you're talking about overall, yeah, Henderson may not be the best between the tackles all the time, but um, he gives you the best chance for an explosive play. I think some of it just comes down to play calling, too. You've got to get him, you know, don't, don't run him up the middle a ton. you got to get him on the edges. Uh, you got to throw him some screens. I think he is the best weapon uh, out of the backfield. And I think he, what, ended up with seven for 74 when you looked at all of his touches, right? Because he had two catches for 18. And hell, he had three other carries for 27 yards that were called back on penalties, including a 17-yard touchdown run that was a really nice run. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 what I liked the most, I think, from those stat lines was what uh, Travion showed. What about you? Yeah, he's clearly a dude. I mean, Ohio State's got an abundance of running backs and receivers and a lot of good guys at both positions, but... He's got something the other guys don't have. And I love Mayan. I love Chip. I think these guys are all good options. Oh, yeah. yeah it's options. not disparaging those guys. I, th- I think they're going to get some plays. But I do think at some point, it goes back to Dane's comment about just wanting to spread the ball. It, at some point, you got to not worry about that so much. Yeah, it's R- tough. Ride your, you know, ride your dudes. It is it's what tough. it is. Yeah, it's tough. Second straight week, Ohio State had a touchdown wrongly disallowed, which uh, that's, uh, I don't know, getting them out of the way is kind of how I'm looking at it. <laughs> these games that don't matter because if, yeah. there's a, if there's a touchdown wrong and disallowed against Penn State or Michigan, I'm going to lose my yeah, mind. Yeah, newsflash, right? refs are still bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, McCord's job, we learned that. We talked about that. Marv's still Marv, man. Just didn't have much in week one, only caught a couple passes. And and then we saw, you know, not that Ohio State fans needed to be reminded of what he has, but it was nice to see him pop off. Oh, yeah, yeah, good for him. I mean, he just, he does everything right. He's, you know, he's... As good as he is, he's the last guy out there still catching balls from the judgment machine and being able to see it pay off is great. But to your point, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier of just seeing Kyle look down the field a little bit more. Not that those are all deep shots, but I think that uh, even though the offensive line I have a lot of concerns with in the run game, their pass blocking wasn't too bad and allowed McCord to look a little bit further downfield. And that's where you're going to find a Mecca, and that's where you're going to find Marvin uh, instead of finding you know maybe Cade and, and you know, Fleming running a little bit underneath. Absolutely. Offensive line, some questions there. I've gone from probably... Concerned about some other spots on the team heading into the season. Now heading into week three, I think that's my primary concern right now. Yeah, I think it was my primary concern even before the season. You figure Day is going to have a quarterback that's good, even if he's not Heisman, and maybe he will be, but even if he's not Heisman finalist level, you feel like Day is going to have a functioning quarterback, right? So you know that's going to come along. There were questions about the defense. People were pretty bullish, but replacing three starters on the offensive line is always tough. It's even more tough when they're both tackles in the center. I mean, those are the three positions you don't want to have to replace all at the same time. Um, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, Ohio State is now five straight games going back to last year where they have not averaged at least five yards a carry in a game. So, you know, 4.6 versus YSU, 4.5 or 4.6 versus Indiana. And, yeah, you're, you're looking at they've only only three times in the last ten games has Ohio State averaged at least five yards a carry. So um, I think it goes beyond the personnel. It's also just, hey, how are we, how are we thinking about the run game versus the pass game? And they're going to need it eventually. Some of it, though, is, you know, with Ryan Dave, we're getting what we're getting. It's a it's going to be a pass-to-run team. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Jim Trestle, Urban Meyer, you're going to have more gaudy running numbers. And, and you probably had fans back then saying, oh, why aren't we passing? You know, what's up with the passing and this mm-hmm. and that? And it's just, you know, it's what's what Ryan Dave brings to the table, for better or worse. And and um, so I'm, I'm a little more at peace than that, I think, than some yeah. fans might be, just because this is the horse we have. I think it makes sense on total yards <laughs> when you're talking about balance. When you're talking about, it's not like you're going to throw the ball every down. And if you can't manage at least five yards of carry, that that is going to bite you at some point. True, true. I just, you know, you have you have competencies, right? You can't be really, really, really good at everything unless you're like a once every decade juggernaut team. 
Um, and it's just hard to do. I mean, they, you know, they've got the passing, and and so I, I probably have a little more allowance for some of the, you know, four point five I could live with. You know, if we're not hitting five, five would be great, but uh, we'll get there. Third down struggles, another tough one. Well, I think part of that, and they've had some third and shorts, but part of that is when the run game is not getting you more on first and second down. Your third downs are you know a little little harder to manage, but they have struggled in third and short to your pro, to your point as well, which they've historically been great under Day. I mean, I think his you know just his skill as a play caller has helped them thrive on third down over the years. So I don't like that. I'm not super concerned about it. at this point. It seems to be a symptom of other things. Like it's an outcome that you're looking at that you're not happy. But I think you've got to you know you got to deal with what what is really the root. What's the root cause of that? Right. Um, and I think McCord continuing to settle in and getting a little bit better on the run game and first and second down will hopefully make those third downs a little more uh, palatable. Yeah, and, and even get better at thirds, you know, with more experience. Yeah, he'll oh, have absolutely. that as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, to check sure. down to who's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucks fall another spot in the AP poll to number six. Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas, USC are your top five. I guess it's the first time in a long, long time that the uh, all five of the Power Five conferences have a team in the top five. Oh, so you know what? I didn't even from, notice from that. a college football yeah. standpoint. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I can get with that. Well, and, and you know, I don't. You know, Bucks have dropped in the AP a couple times now. I don't. Don't worry about it right now. Don't worry September about that, of uh, 2017. I think I saw so six years. Huh? Stat, yeah, that hmm. you were referencing there. Interesting. Interesting. You got any beef for the highest state falling in the ranking? I don't care right now. I mean, I know it doesn't matter, yeah, but yeah, do, you, do you think it? No. Are they a top five team right now? No. Um. I don't know, man. I mean, they're a top six team. <laughs> I'll give you that. Those top five are pretty good. I, yeah. I, I would like to see Ohio State play those teams. I I'm, I'm certainly wouldn't go in thinking, oh, Ohio State's definitely going to lose this game. But I mean, there's some good teams in there. They've looked better, if we're being, yeah. if we're being honest, right? Yeah. And you yeah. want to reward that. So I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, Monday night game last night, Garrett Wilson's catch was filthy. Yeah, that was nasty. Filthy. Just one-handed that thing, man. <laughs> Week one, he's already catch of the year kind of guy. Uh, you think the Jets are going to blow it because their quarterback goes down a few snaps into the game and they win that game. But Garrett Wilson already cooking the NFL, reigning NFL Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year is getting it done. Chris, this is uh, something to make you happy. Disney and Charter, which owns Spectrum, agreed to get along and you're now getting ESPN on the cable box. Yeah, win. of course they did it like a day after. I'm like, hey, let me sign up for this $20 for Sling for a month or whatever. So, and I'll add SEC Network for another 11 bucks. So, yeah, they still caught me for 33 I need to call them at least claw 15 back. Yeah, well, good luck. Spectrum. Good luck. We can badmouth them on the air if they don't do that. So report <laughs> back, please. Coming up, the SEC is cooked. We got more on that. We come back. It's Lemon Warriors on the fan. If you miss a live show, you can catch the podcast. If you miss the podcast, our hosts have volunteered to have dinner with you. Bye, the meatloaf! The Nation. We're back. I don't even know what this song is, honestly. <laughs> You've never heard this song before? No, what is it? What is it? I've heard it. But I don't yeah, know. it uh, gives you hell. Who's All it? American Rejects. Oh, okay. All right. It's a very, very popular song, probably, gosh, 15 years ago at this point. <laughs> well, I feel like it was one of the songs like everybody heard. Though. What grade were you in when it was popular? Oh, middle school, I'd say. All right. All right. It's a banger for Bodie then, for sure. Oh, huh? yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song. I yeah, just, all right. It's definitely popular, though. Uh, what's Nick Saban's favorite song right now? Because uh, he might want to listen to it after taking that home L, man. Texas just kind of goes in there 34-24, knocks off Bama. Quinn Ewers, 24 of 38 for 349 and Ooh. three touchdowns in Tuscaloosa. Cooking on him. Gets an Alabama defense. Bama had 170, 100, 107, 107 
rushing yards. Yeah. When's the last time they've done that, right? <laughs> yeah, they are a team to your earlier point, which was definitely valid. Like, you know, Alabama does want to run. They're certainly going to try to run it more than Ohio State. First double-digit home loss since October 2004 for Bama. 20 years, basically. Predates the Saban era. Like, Bucks lost by double digits to Virginia Tech. They lost by double digits to Oregon, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it happens in Columbus, but 20 years? Yeah, it's crazy. Come on. Uh, first non-conference home loss for Saban since 07. Now, they don't exactly play tough teams a lot of times out of conference. They'll do neutral sites. Hey, they played some teams. They played USC a few years ago, though. You know, LSU, Penn State, or I'm sorry, Wisconsin, Penn mm-hmm. State. They play some teams, but... Uh, Often don't do it at home, so that number's a little inflated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they averaged 3.1 yards a carry, to your to your point. Wow. Jalen Milrow looks like he's a bit of a work in progress. I love seeing that. He was running for his life, but he did not look super comfortable back I'm, I'm torn because, like, I'm like, is 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 there? Are they finally over? Are they finally cooked? But I, I, I know not to count Saban <laughs> yeah, out. You peel know? off eleven in a row. He probably hadn't slept since the loss. He's been watching film and like, you know, he's probably going to hire four more people this week. <laughs> Sign the number one class. You know, like might have Mel Tucker here soon. <laughs> he might have Mel Tucker. Here's a fun stat: Vanderbilt is two and one. They have a better record than Alabama, one and one, for the first time since 1984. At any point in the season. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, it is nuts. And it's part of a, like a broader thing, man. The SEC's struggling. And got to be careful here because they got a really good team at the top. Ole Miss probably pretty good, too. They got some good teams. But, uh, you know, they talk about the depth of the conference. It just means more. This conference, Chris, the SEC is 1-5 right now against Power 5 non-conference opponents to start the season. 1-5. and five. And really, it's not like those have been nail biters either, right? No. I mean, look at these scores. You got Utah 24, Florida 11, North Carolina 31, South Carolina 17, Florida State 45, LSU 24, Miami 48, Texas A&M 33. These are all double-digit losses. Even the last one, Texas, yeah. double digits over Bama. Five double-digit losses to Power 5 opponents. One in five. I don't know. I mean... They've had some rough bowl seasons here and there where we make fun of them a little bit, but nothing like this. Yeah, I think they're just not used to this early season competition. I don't know how these schedules shook out this way. Yeah, they're, they're never going to do this yeah. again, right? Yeah. It's going to be all Citadel and, uh, you know, Louisiana <laughs> Lafayette yeah. for, forever now. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, that Miami-Texas A&M game, I don't know if you caught some of that, but, I mean, I did. Jimbo. I was torn because, like, I don't like the SEC, oh, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, ah, I rooting. can't root for Miami. Yeah. What am I doing here? Rooting for a meteor. But I, I think in that one, you still, you want to see Texas A&M go down. Jimbo's got the got the gig, dude. Yeah, just that money to be got just so mediocre, so mediocre. And that you know that Texas game, <clears throat> you kind of broke it down a little bit. But I mean, I, you know, that was yours won that game. I, Texas only averaged like a couple yards of carry. We were talking about Alabama's own struggles. They had 107 the ball, as well, same yeah, as Alabama. Yeah. yeah, and I think on less yards per carry. Yep. But yeah, I mean, yours was just amazing. He sure was, man. He, uh, you can't help but watch that game. You're like, man. He, Look good in Scarlet. Yeah, Gray. I mean, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. I like yeah. McCord a lot. I think McCord's going to be something. Yeah. But uh, yours already had. Well, you, you said it during the break. I mean, he played a lot more football. He did. And that it, helps. And if he I stick, think McCord's only going to get better yeah. as he plays more football. And they it, didn't really let him play too much last year. And to be fair, if yours had stayed, he wouldn't have played much last year. We'd be getting you know start yeah. start number yeah. two yours right now. Yeah. Start number three. Like you know, he would be because that was CJ Stroud's team, and you know he wasn't mm-hmm. going to play. He was going to get some mop up time, if any. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I mean, I saw the t- uh, Texas game, which is a lot of fun to watch. I know you probably were fiending, man, because the SEC's getting beaten on, and they took away your channels. Like you want to see this stuff? <laughs> I went to go, yeah, I, I had to go out to watch that one. <laughs> went, went to a buddy's to make sure I could at least see that. Yeah, Miami. We talked about that. FSU talked about that a few weeks ago. Just trucking LSU. Uh, Mac Brown just beating on South Carolina. One week before, almost losing to App State, which is always like the most Mac Brown thing possible. <laughs> and then Utah in that opener, which is the first game that they kind of snatched away from us on the ESPN thing. Here's something wild, man. Georgia's already got a pretty weak schedule. Their out-of-conference is a complete joke, right? Just a joke of an out-of-conference schedule. And they'll be like, oh, well, our conference schedule's tough. You know, We'll make it up there. There's a chance, a very good chance right now, that Georgia could play one ranked team before the SEC championship. Really? One ranked opponent. <laughs> This is supposed. I thought this was supposed to be the SEC, right? One ranked opponent. Even Notre Dame plays tougher teams than that, right? And we got two in the next three weeks. Notre Dame's got a nice schedule this year. US, USC, Clemson, Ohio State. Duke's ranked. Yep. Yeah. They're either ranked. You getting them in Beat Clemson? You getting them in South Bend? Or you getting <laughs> no, them in, it's in Durham. Ooh, that could be trouble. Yeah, that's where Dabo died that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, the ACC as you run through some of the scores, ACC might be back, baby. I mean, there's you, some this Florida is a, State. It's a uh, fun year, Carolina. It's a fun year right now. You got the Pac-12 looking like world beaters. Got the ACC with good teams. The SEC struggling. The Big Ten, like we talked about this last week, it's rare that Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State are all really good teams the same year. Oh, and I, you know, I was talking uh, with Brad the other day. Do you guys, did you guys ever meet Brad when he was here? He worked here yeah, a handful yep, of years. Yeah. yeah. So I was texting with him, and I think the biggest thing for me that kind of like has stood out is some of the three, four teams that are always at the top, like Ohio State, Bama, Georgia. Those are probably the three, right? I guess Clemson's kind of falling off a lit a little bit from uh, that top perch there. All those teams are resetting at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think McCord's going to be pretty good. Georgia, who knows? I mean, right. like I said, when they've got to play somebody for us to tell. I don't think Milrow's going to be that no, great this I year. I think he's kind of a, um, I want to say Bryce Sims, but Blake Sims, right? Yeah, Blake yeah, Sims. Blake Sims who was the never, guy took his, I mean, he got to the playoff that yeah. one year when oh. they played Ohio State, but Blake Sims was not like yeah, he wasn't that an dude. NFL. Tua yeah. took Hurts' yeah. job. It wasn't and, him. And then, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> him. Not him. No. But then, not only that, but then like that second tier of teams, like Texas, Michigan, Maybe Penn State, Notre Dame. Um, got some you guys know, who can throw. They got some quarterbacks, yeah. and so it's kind of helped shrink that gap to where, yes, you know, roster top to bottom, high State, Alabama, Georgia, they still got the dudes, but, you know, Michigan might go into that matchup against high State with a better quarterback. Notre Dame could too. Penn State maybe will have, you know, we got to see more of Drew Alar there and whatnot, He's but good, some of these uh, Ohio guys Jordan good. Travis at Florida State, like yeah. the, just a lot of these kind of – Second-tier teams, quote-unquote, like have some dudes at quarterback this year. They do. A good opportunity for them. Think about Saban, too, if, if Milrose doesn't get it going. He, Saban will bench him. Saban for will, who, though? I don't know. Like, Buckner is their backup. But like, I like Tyler, <laughs> but he can't play, man. He, he, like, oh, he's a former Domer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, I you wish him the best We saw him last year. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's he not great. He's got like a twenty yard range on his arm, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he no. can run, but yeah. that's it's so can Milrow. So like what's yeah. that get you? I know they have a five star, Ty Tyler Simpson, but you know, five stars are flip of the coin, right? Maybe like, throws him in if early. he was that good, he'd probably be playing by now. Nick doesn't play. If he if if they lose another two or one or two, man, he might make a move. Coming up, three questions for Ohio State's matchup with Western Kentucky this weekend. It's Lem Warriors on the fan. The 11 Warriors Radio Hour is brought to you by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. Atlas Butler's expert plumbers can take care of anything from a clogged drain to a broken water. Wower. Please don't stop the music. Music. 
It's ladies' night. Got two buds for four dollars in the club tonight. I know you. I know you know who sings this one. Oh yeah, I heard it. Is it Rihanna? Right? Is it Rihanna? Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm old. I'm old, dude. I'm old. You got kids? I've heard these songs, but he doesn't like listen to this. You don't like Rihanna? Yeah, Everybody he's, likes he's Rihanna. Like, honestly, right. not, he's not even in music yet. He's like really into YouTube. I mean, it's different. Oh, okay. it's, it's, kids got it's more options. Nowadays, yeah, man. they do. They do. He's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, don't you want your own Spotify account? He's like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> do your thing. Western Kentucky coming to town this weekend. 4 p.m. kick at the shoe. Broadcast on Fox. And, of course, right here on 97.1 The Fan. Listen to my... My dude, Jim Lachey and Paul Keels call the game. Got some questions for these guys. We do three questions every week. And uh, we struggled last week. Didn't know a lot about Youngstown State. Hard to do those FCS games. We got some good questions this week. Let's start with this. How good is Malachi Corley? He's the wide receiver for Western Kentucky. He's back in action for the OSU game. Got nicked up a little bit in week one. Uh, last season, 101 catches for 1,293 yards. That seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. And he's quoted already saying he wants to show that he's elite. He's he's in that same stratosphere of Marvin and uh, Emeka Buka. Have you seen the guy? How good is he? Yeah, I've seen a few highlights here and there. Five eleven, two ten. So not you know not a not a Marvin looking guy, but also not slight for five yeah. eleven. He, he, he can, thick. can take some uh, yeah can take some pounding, and he'll, he'll run the ball a little bit too. They'll get him involved in some plays like that, uh, in reverses that kind of stuff where they can. But um, yeah, you mentioned it one hundred one for twelve ninety three last year, eleven touchdowns. Try to find some opponents that might matter on the schedule. Auburn, he was twelve for ninety nine, no touchdowns. Um, what definitely stuck out to me was just some big playability there for sure. Like if you look at as long in each game. I mean, he's got you know a lot of catches over forty yards, over thirty-five exactly. yards, kind of thing. Where um, if he gets behind you, he can burn you, and if he gets in space, he can you know he can juke you a little bit. So he's, he's a guy they're going to have to keep an eye on because, as you know, Western Kentucky is going to come in here. They're not going to hand it off. They're not going to play keep away like Indiana and Youngstown State did. They're going to try to score not just not just with Malachi Corley, but they've got a you know they got a senior quarterback as well who's who's slung the ball around in a lot of games. Austin reads his name. He led the nation in passing last year with 4,046 yards on the season. Another good test for this uh, Ohio State secondary. First good test, really, for the oh. secondary. Um, so it's really going to be interesting to see. And I think a test for the defensive ends, too, right? Because I know I've been a little frustrated with the ends. I've heard some others um, chime in on, on this station over the course of the week. I think that, what, the defensive ends only have 1.5 tackles for loss on the season so far and zero sacks. Interior defensive line has done really well this year, uh, but on the edges, you've really gotten hardly anything. Well, JT's done a little bit. Sawyer's done nothing. Uh, and, the, and the other back, Caden Curry, to me, has looked like the second-best defensive good. end from what we've seen That's so far. Uh, maybe Kenyatta Jackson third after that, and then Sawyer. So, But having said that, I think this is the first game where they are going to pass a lot. They are going to – and not just pass, but it's not going to be you know two-step, three-step, and get rid of it. This guy's going to try to look down the attack. field a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So you get more opportunities, but you're also <laughs> – also going to have like you know more pass opportunities but also you know probably taking some deeper shots where maybe the the defensive ends and company will have a little bit more time to see if they can get home um so as much as the secondary will be tested we talked about it in the offseason if the highest state was going to eliminate big plays it's not just on the secondary that's that's where you look first but it's mm-hmm. also how much time did you give the quarterback to decide where he was going to you know create that big play right um so you want to see the defensive ends get some pressure too yeah for sure uh, you know big challenge for denzel burke who's looked fantastic 
Davison Igbenosin. I expect Sonny Styles to be everywhere this game, just having like one of those games where like, man, him again, huh? Him again, huh? Yeah, Hancock probably play a lot this game as well. He played, got some run at nickel safety uh, last game as they you know move move Sonny around a little bit. And I think as much as Western Kentucky wants to throw it, um, yeah, I think you might see a lot of those three corners on the field at the same time. With um, you know maybe Styles still stays on the field, but maybe not in that nickel safety. Maybe you know maybe somewhere else. Right. Uh, but, you know, they're going to run four and five wide receiver sets, too. Yeah, so he's, yeah. he's definitely going to be out there. Oh, for sure. The uh, I tried to look up because I know you've been a little rough on the DEs and you're talking to me about the DEs and, you know, demanding more and wanting more from Jack Sawyer and some other people. And Bosa's last two seasons is Joey Bosa when he was like his really good 14 and 15 when he was a beast. Uh, the first three games of each season, so six combined games, were one and a half sacks. Combined in six games. I was like, man, is this a trend? Do most defensive ends like take a little bit to warm up? Because that could be something. I pulled up Chase Young that monster year he had. Mm-hmm. I had like seven in the first four games. Yeah, he, yeah. He, was, he was after for the start. I feel like sometimes what I see with those when you look at the old boxes is that um, they come in bunches. Yeah. Whether they're early in the season, middle or whatever, you see like there's just games where they, you know, like, like JT's Penn hot. State game is ridiculous, yeah. obviously. But Young had some runs there where, you know, three yeah. sacks in a game was not unheard Four of. And do it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Remember that Wisconsin Which I game? think is still tied for the school record. Yeah. But, you, you know, you get a couple, two or three in a game as well. It, you're, you're wrecking things. Because if you got two or three, that means you had a lot of pressure other times too where you probably didn't get home. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like, it's almost like getting hot. Yeah. Like, like yeah. a hitter in baseball. You just get hot, you're feeling, you're yeah. having a good couple games. And maybe the style of game too, right? The style of attack yeah. you're going. With. So as as much as yeah, I've been a little bit disappointed so far. It is a little bit couched with you know the type of attacks that they have played this weekend. Though if it, it doesn't pan out, then I think it's hey, we we got to figure out what's going on here. But um, especially knowing that Knowles even said today, I'm sure you saw his comments in the presser of you know he's kind of learned a little bit where he's not blitzing as much that kind of thing um, because he doesn't need to give up the big play and he can he should be able to rely on just having better you know one winning more one on one battles just straight up in most games. So. Um, we'll see how that pans out this weekend because, yeah, I'm definitely expecting and hoping for a lot more from the defensive ends on Saturday than what we've seen. Some good news, man, for Kyle McCord in the offense. The defense at Western Kentucky, as you would imagine with a team that passes so much, is not great. Last year, they were 73rd in total D, 85th in pass D. That was last year. This season, they're 121st in yards allowed, giving up 454 a game. Wow. So uh, expect to see the offense cook a little bit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, last question for Western Kentucky, Chris. When will we see Devin Brown? I think it's an interesting one this week. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they really, it was funny because we talked about it over the summer. It's like, man, you really have to have your starter figured in, you know, penciled in by Notre Dame. Over the last couple of weeks, we're like, well, yeah, you definitely need that. But you want that guy to be the guy, even the game before that, to really, you know, settle in and know he's the dude. So mm-hmm. I, even in a lopsided game, which I don't think it'll be super lopsided, but I, I wouldn't expect to see Devin Brown until like mid fourth quarter, probably. Yeah, uh, so I think second that half, it's you're saying definitely late, second half? late second half. Yeah. yeah no meaningful snaps. Early. I, I don't think so. Yeah. No. No, I th- I'm with nope. you. I think the score is going to have to be about a three or four score game before we see him. Yeah, I, I think it's that. I also think it's you've got to get. You've said this is your guy. Get your guy snaps because you got a big game on the road next week. You want to you know do as much as you can there. So yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if if Brown is in before the fourth quarter. And Kyle McCord, how do you think he fares? 
I think he fares well. Like you said, Western Kentucky's defense isn't very good. Uh, I've been impressed. Um, I think McCord has gotten better. He's still got room to grow, just like Stroud did when he started, just like some of these other guys. And, and I think McCord is going to continue to get better. Um, like I said or earlier, I, I like the fact he's looking down the field a little bit more. Uh, assuming he's got time to throw, I expect another, you know, 250, 275, and another, you know, another three, four touchdowns. Yeah. Think any chance he tops three? Uh, there's a chance. It wouldn't shock me. I also think you want to try to make sure you can get the, you know, let's get this run game going a little bit too. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good game to do that too against this D, uh, giving up all the yards they do. Line for this one's 28. What's your score prediction? Yeah, 28 still feels like a lot. I, I'm, I'm in that. I haven't even turned in my score yet, but I'm probably 42 17, 42 20, something like that. I need to, uh, you know, because they're going to keep throwing to the end of the game, right? I mean, they're going to keep throwing. I think the over-under is 64, so, yeah, probably 42-20, something like that. I don't know that I see Ohio State covering, um, but I do think that, uh, yeah, you're going to feel pretty good walking out of that game, say, okay, let, let, let's get ready. You got through the first three, three and oh, there's some warts, but, hey, the, the, the real season starts next Saturday. I got a 44-10. I'm going to keep picking them to cover until they finally do. Because, <laughs> like, I can't be wrong all year, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a complete game. I think 44 to 10. I love, still love the defense, man. Still love Ohio State's defense. Uh, and I think, uh, they'll be, they'll be stretched. They'll be challenged, but I think they'll be up for it. And I think that, uh, I think McCord's going to be hot. I think he's going to have, a, you know, come with a little bit of swag. He's a guy now. Yeah. yeah. A little more confidence, a little more assertiveness. So I'm here for it. Definitely looking forward to that. Again, the game's 4 p.m. right here at the shoe. And you can watch on Fox. Listen right here on 97.1 The Fan. Coming up. Radio Buckshots, Notre Dame still cooking. We're going to dive into that. Celeb Moore is on the fan. If you don't like listening to Morning Juice, Bobby Carpenter's man nipples will punch you in the face. For real. You want to fight, do you? Weekdays from 6 to 9. The fucking. It's the last segment of the show. You know what that means. It's time for Buckshots. We're back. This is uh, Bodie's least favorite segment because he doesn't get to cue up any music, man. You know he hates this. <laughs> hates it. But we're going to make him happy because we're going to talk about uh, Notre Dame. And I continue to believe, unless, you know, unless Ohio State puts about 200 on Western Kentucky. Uh, but seriously, unless Ohio State rolls and looks really, really slick, I think there's a good chance Notre Dame could be favored against Ohio State when they meet on the 23rd. And remember, this was a line that Ohio State was, you know, seven and a half point favorites in the summer. Mm-hmm. So do you, do they do they update them weekly, or how does that work? I'm not a... I'm sure there's a future out there. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Bodie doesn't know, because he doesn't look ahead. He's just focused yeah, on Central baby. Michigan. I know we are favored, I think, by about 38 this Saturday. <laughs> Ohio State's playing Notre Dame on the 23rd. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. You guys have made me aware of it. Okay. Outside of that. As but, soon as this show ends at 9... Block the noise right out. I know it's Sunday. On Sunday, the new line will come out. It'll be adjusted, and everyone will, ha- will be hammering those, and, and you'll have a you know an adjusted line for the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I'm just wondering are the books actually like uh, they have to constantly be updating the lines, right? Because people are placing bets. Yeah, normally they don't put them out there. Um, you know, they'll, they'll put an introductory line out there, like you said, it was seven and a half. I don't, I don't know if you know if you can bet on it a book now or not. I don't take. I don't, deal in such salacious behavior i don't know either i don't honestly don't gamble so i I don't know myself 
Uh, Notre Dame's 3-0 and following a 45-24 win at North Carolina State. Do you remember him crying about how, like, you know, North Carolina State was going to be a tough game and, mm-hmm. you know, I hope we get the W down there? And He's just all shucks in it, man. He's smart. It he was kind of tough, honestly. That's humble Bodie. The man. score was maybe not quite uh, a sign as kind of how close it was. I don't know. Notre Dame was in control for the most part, but there were some points in the second half there that I was kind of like, eh, <laughs> not feeling great. 45-24, exactly. Like, yeah, scared <laughs> like a near-overtime clash yeah, here. Yeah. 29 straight wins against the ACC in the regular season. We uh, we win one more. That'll break Florida State's 92-95 to record of, uh, well, they, now we're tied with Florida State, I guess I should say. So. Interesting. Interesting. I saw the scoreboard got lit up with some lightning uh, down at North Carolina State. Yeah, I think that game. was... Uh, like a brand new scoreboard, yeah, too. Yeah. It looked pretty nice. They, they, <laughs> I was like, ah. They might want to put lightning rods on that <laughs> yeah. thing. So, something to mitigate lightning. I don't know much about that kind of stuff, but I would, you know, I can't imagine scoreboards are cheap, right? So, yeah, 45 24. Sam Hartman in that game, 15 of 24 for 286, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Our favorite 35 year old quarterback getting it done again. Hartman on the season, man, 48 of 64. That's 75%. Yeah. 731 yards, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I hate old quarterbacks. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them because they're competent. They're good. Yeah. They, yeah, they shouldn't good. be allowed to play. They're good early. They're experienced. Yeah. yeah, he's taking four sacks, so you can maybe get get a little pressure on him. But, yeah, I mean, he's been magnificent for sure. Um, from what I've seen, he looks like that, you know, that veteran guy you would expect right off the rip, and he's, you know, he's got some talent around him. He does. He does. What are your thoughts on Hartman? You like the guy, right? Oh yeah, he's uh, he's played pretty well this season. After the just absolute catastrophe disaster that was the Notre Dame quarterback room last year. Thank you, Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese. Appreciate that. Uh, nice parting gift from those two guys. It's definitely been a nice upgrade. Uh, yeah, you've upgraded for sure. Yeah. And, and at running back, I mean, I've really been impressed with Audric uh, Estime. I mean, that dude's been great. He's got what four hundred total yards through four games. Four forty four. What is it? Four three forty five rushing and another fifty five through the air, um, averaging eight yards a carry. Um, it looks tough. Good good eight. blend of uh, good blend of you know just power and speed from what I've seen. You think he's a big time back, Bodie? Yeah, I think he's maybe not big time. Just a really good college running back. He's a big dude. He's a load when he yeah. kind of gets going. He never got going in the horseshoe last year. Year, which he was only a true sophomore. That was his first game. But the Buckeyes obviously really bottled up Notre Dame's offense yeah, last yeah. year. 5'11", 227, to your point. I mean, yeah, he's, not he's a, little a guy. thick dude. Yeah, he, uh, I think, think Jadarian Price, who's one of their backups, might actually be their best running back. Uh, but he tore his AC, or I'm sorry, he tore his Achilles last June. So he's, they're still kind of got him on a little bit of a pitch count there. But yeah, the running back room is pretty deep, pretty strong. That's yeah, just, just 13 carries for Jadarian Price so far, to your point. Jeremiah Love with 15 carries. Brian Payne with 16. But yeah, Estime has definitely carried the load so far with 43 carries. So the rest of those guys haven't uh, just barely got to his mark on the season. Receiver, though, is where I'm interested. They got a lot of guys that have caught passes, but nobody that's really the guy yeah, from they what don't, I've seen. Yeah, we definitely don't have any, you know, Will Fuller's Michael Floyd's running around out there this year. <laughs> that would be very nice with Sam Hartman. The, uh, the receiver room is definitely just like... You know, B minus level, and I think Hartman can get him up to like a B plus level. Yeah, that's what you're saying. It's just, and I think that's the biggest thing is like without Hartman this year, I think the passing game still still would really struggle. Oh yeah, because the receivers just aren't like they don't have a lot of like number ones. But I think they got some like twos and threes. And with Hartman, that can be they got a strong running back room, pretty good O line room. No Michael Mayer in the tight end room, but you know Notre Dame and tight ends they. Even Holden stays on uh, Saturday. He had a pretty nice game against North Carolina State there, so they're always pretty good at tight end, even when they're not 
elite, elite. But yeah, the receiver room, that'd be nice. I wish we had a Golden Tate running around out there or something because that'd be a lot more fun for Hartman to throw to. 11 receivers, <clears throat> excuse me, in Notre Dame averaging at least one catch a game. 11. That's not 11 guys have caught balls through three games. That's 11 with at least three catches. That's nuts. Yeah, and it's crazy. It helps when you're, you know, when you're blowing people out too. So I think they've got a lot of guys in. But they, like I said, there is depth there. I'll be interested to see who emerges, you know, against Ohio State. Who are those guys that they really target the most, or is it really, you know, like would they shrink down the rotation when they play Ohio State versus what they've been doing? Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine the rotation maybe shrinks a little bit, but I think it's just kind of going to be a little bit of like a. Ride the hot hand, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> if anybody pops out, that's great. Merriweather's probably their most talented guy. He's only a true sophomore there, so he and he hasn't played a ton. Per- well, yeah, he hadn't played a ton, got hurt a little bit at the end of last year or whatever, but he's kind of their most talented, but behind the scenes, it's kind of like, yeah, still waiting for him just to get going. And he's only a sophomore, so you don't want to put too much on him there. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of just, I think, going to be – you know, one week maybe the tight ends have a big game. Another week maybe it's running backs out of the backfield and the kind of the short passing game. And so, yeah, they're not going to have anybody. I don't think crack a thousand yards or anything. But I think their receiver rooms good enough with Hartman to have a pretty good passing game there. You're feeling better right now about this game than you were in July, right? Oh, significantly, yeah. I mean, just now that's probably because I wasn't feeling great in July. I think it's the combination of how well Hartman's played and they've. Kind of hit the ground running a little bit. I know Navy and Tennessee State, they're not very good. I'm not going to. And even NC State's, what, 7-5, and maybe 8-4. and That's a nice win on Saturday. But no, I'm not going to go crazy with it. But, you know, I just, and I think you guys would probably agree with us a little bit. We haven't seen Ohio State come out guns blazing either. So I think it's a little bit of a combination. Notre Dame has played very well against some weaker competition. And maybe Ohio State hasn't seemed to hit their footing yet. And with that game being next week... You can't help but wonder if maybe Penn State and Michigan get a better Ohio State than Notre Dame will as uh, McCord just racks up more starts under his belt. We'll see, man. Next week is a banger. You got Ohio State at Notre Dame, Florida State at Clemson, Colorado at Oregon, Alabama at Ole Miss, Iowa at Penn State, UCLA at Utah, Washington State at Oregon State in the Pac-12 title game. Pac-2 title game, my bad. Pac-2 (laughs) title game. That's... uh, I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven ranked matchups. That's a hell of a lineup. I hope Colorado and Oregon doesn't overlap Ohio State and Notre Dame so we can watch some of it. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough because there's there's about seven games I want to watch that day, and I uh, only have so much time to watch games, especially if they're both playing. Hey, we had a blast tonight. Um, You can tell Bodie's feeling chipper, man. He's feeling it. So we'll talk a lot more next week. As always, thanks for joining us. Be good to each other. Take care of each other. Good night. Uh, in case you've forgotten, Saturday is game day. The fans' game day coverage is sponsored by Riker Kia. Your home of the Buckeyes. The f- broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus.